so glad that you are joining us today, whether you are not ready to come in person, or maybe you're on vacation, you're in another state, or maybe you're sick and you just couldn't get in person today. We're just so glad that you're here following us on this journey as we continue to go through the book of First John in our series, No Doubt, and uh, what a journey it's been so far. And uh, if you've missed any of these messages, I encourage you to go back and check them so you can get the full context of this amazing a letter that God has preserved for us to move closer to him. Uh, There's nothing like a comeback story, right? I mean, wouldn't you agree? Like, there's nothing better than a comeback story. That's why we love the movies like Rudy and The Miracle, Remember the Titans, or Rocky, Yo, Adrian, or Lord of the Rings, one of my favorites. You know, watching Frodo and Sam, you know, seeing the little hobbits overcome. They were the underdogs, and they overcome and had victory. Or maybe you think of, you know, some great athletic moments or achievements. You think of Michael Jordan, the best basketball player who ever lived. Just a pause. I'm hearing the grunting on the other side of the screen, either in agreement or disagreement. To be honest with you, I don't even, I don't even care. I, don't, I flat out don't care. But I know it would create a little bit of a buzz there. So, you know, I, 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 but you think about it. He was retired. Then he came back and won three in a row. I mean, that's pretty impressive, the comeback of Michael Jordan. Or I'm thinking about the Olympics. I don't know if you heard the story uh, of this lady, Anna, I think it's Kaisenhofer or Kiesenhofer, I don't know, from Austri- Austria, who won the gold on the road race for women's cycling. And no one even knew who she was. She wasn't even ranked. I mean, it was unbelievable. She didn't even come with the team. She came by herself. She practiced by herself. She was completely off the radar. And literally, in the last 40 kilometers, was riding solo. There was no one even around. She won by over a minute. It was unbelievable. The underdog, a mathematician from Austria, who was the comeback underdog, uh, an Olympic moment that the world will always talk about. Uh, you know, maybe you've seen, uh, when you think about the underdog moments of when, you, when, you know, football season is coming, I think people are getting excited for that, and, and you watch your college team just getting destroyed in the first half, right? And they're getting destroyed by the stronger team, but then those moments where they start coming back in the second half, and the next thing you know, they win in the last play, in the last moment. It's just unbelievable, and we love those moments. We just, there's something about it where we're just, we're just intrigued by it. But even in those moments when we're watching the underdog come into victory and have the victory, it's so easy for us to doubt if it's actually going to happen, right? It's so easy for us to doubt if those moments were actually going to happen, if they're actually going to be able to pull it off. Can they have the victory? Will they make the upset happen? And that's the theme of our text today. That's the theme that we're talking about today. As we as Jesus followers, we live in this world, we live in this life, 
And sometimes it's easy for us to doubt that the victory has already won. But John's gonna remind us today that the victory has already been won. The battle has already been won. You see, the greatest comeback story that ever happened happened 2,000 years ago with Jesus, who when Jesus was literally getting beat, he was getting punched, he was getting flogged, he was literally being destroyed. And when all hope was lost, even John, who was writing this book, 1 John, was the only disciple at the cross watching Jesus, who he thought was God, the Messiah, bloody on the cross, was now dead. And you got to imagine the doubt that began to fill his mind, the doubt that started to just, man, we got the wrong guy. They're licking their wounds. They got to explain to everyone what happened. But then when all seemed lost, when the doubt was so high, three days later, Jesus burst from the grave. He burst from the dead and conquered death, conquered sin once and for all. It's unbelievable, the comeback story of Jesus. And because of that, because Jesus has won, when we put our faith in him, we win too. Here's, I just, I want you to just get this wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, is that when you put your faith in Jesus, when you put your faith in the resurrection history, it secures your victory. Just say that wherever you're at. Resurrection history secures my victory. Resurrection history, what does it do? It secures my victory. It secures your, your victory. No doubt we have victory because of Jesus. Victory is certain. We have already, he has already conquered the enemy because of his resurrection. That's why when we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, 57, it says this, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's already been won. We already know what happens in the end. As the book of Revelation tells us the ending story of how he has won. And basically, we're just waiting for Jesus now because of the resurrection and because he ascended into heaven and we're waiting for his second coming. Basically, we're waiting for his victory lap. It's almost like he's hit the grand slam home run. He already hit it. It's already in the stands. And we're just waiting for him now to run the bases, to come on home for his second coming. So then he'll take us all home. But here's the situation is as we have to still walk through this life and walk through this world and face defeat and face battles and struggles, it's really easy for us to forget as Jesus followers that the victory has already been won. And it's really easy for us to things that we face or the things that we turn on the news and we watch the world falling apart and the darkness seems to keep creeping on the light. It seems like we're losing because this is the devil's world. It seems like we're losing, but we have, and we're walking around with our heads down and sometimes we can just be kind of down in the dumps because it just seems so overwhelming because of the defeat that we feel all over the place. And John's gonna remind us today, put your head up. Get your head up and stand strong because the victory has already been won. The battle has already been won. You don't have to have any doubt in that, that the victory is won. And so he's going to give us some tools and some tips to kind of get us out of the dumps, to get, to get our heads from being down and to stick our heads up high to know that the victory has won because of our faith in the resurrection history. It secures our victory. Now, maybe for you today, 
you haven't put your faith in that. You haven't put your faith in Jesus. You haven't believed in that. Well, I just want you to know today, as we discover some amazing truths here that John shares with us, you too can have that security. You too can have that promise of victory because we have victory because Jesus has already won. But before we go into those tools, before we dive in, I just wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for me and then we'll dive in. Father, thank you for being you. Thank you for being a God that chases us. Thank you for being a God that pursues us, that never gives up on us. God, thank you for, for, for your, that your, your mercies are renewed daily. We think of how we've fallen this week and how you're just always there to pick us right back up. And so we thank you, God. God, um, I ask that you would control my mind, please, and my pace and my, my communication as I speak. Uh, may I, you just get me out of the way and may you just take over and help each one who's listening to hear what they need to hear today. And so I humbly pray this, I boldly pray this, in the name of your son Jesus, amen. So open up with me, grab your Bible, open it up to the book of 1 John. At the end of, you know, the end of your Bible, go to Revelation, five books in, you'll find the book of 1 John. And we're gonna be starting in chapter three, verse 19, chapter three, verse 19. I hope you're ready. Here we go, here we go. It says this, by this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. I highlighted the word no because in the original language, this word no is in the future tense. By this, we should know in future tense, meaning that we should know that when the crisis comes, that when we face problems, that when we face obstacles, knowing that we're going to be tested, that we need and will need to be reassured and be reminded of the victory that's already been won and of the evidence of our salvation because of our faith. We need to be reminded as Romans, as Paul reminds us, that we are more than conquerors. And because of our position in Christ, what does it do? It enables us to face the future. Because he is overcome, we overcome. Because he lives, we live too. It reminds me of the old song. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, we live to for eternity. But even though our victory is certain, even though our victory is secure, Guess what? No surprise, the devil wants to try to deflate us, to distract us, and to discourage us along the way. Maybe that's how you feel today. You feel deflated. You feel discouraged. You feel distracted. So he's going to give us some ammo, ammo to help us deflect those attacks to keep our heads up. If maybe if our heads are a little down and a little overwhelmed by what's going on in our world, and the world around us. So let's check it out. It keeps going. It says this, so for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. 
Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Highlighted the concept for whenever our heart condemns us. It's really easy for us to start to condemn our hearts because of our failures, because of our sin and the shame that we feel. But we have to be reminded that if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. And we rest and embrace his grace. We embrace his grace because the victory has been won. We're able to face, pick ourselves back up and embrace his grace because the victory has already been won and we rest in that truth. That, not that we take it for granted, not that we do whatever the heck we want, but when we fall and we will, we embrace his grace and remember that God convicts, he doesn't guilt. God's goal is to not guilt us. The enemy wants to guilt you. The father wants to build you. He will convict you. And when you mess up, like maybe you lost your temper this week. Maybe your eyes got the best of you this week with lust. Maybe you were cheating. Maybe you were uh, gossiping. Maybe you were whatever you were doing that you know you dropped the ball and you feel guilty about the conviction that conviction of you feeling that way is evidence of your salvation and so what do we do we embrace his grace why because the victory has already been won and so my brother my sister if you're out there just feeling shame about what you've done and you put your faith in Jesus get your head up stand strong embrace his grace because the victory has been won. The victory has been won. Let's go to the next section. It says this, and whatever, because of our confidence, and whatever we ask when we pray, when we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Highlighting this truth, John's highlighting this truth that because the victory has been won, we can now pray with boldness. We pray with boldness. We go to the throne with confidence. We bring our requests to him because the victory has been won, because we know the end. And we go to him and we beg him and it's the evidence of our salvation because of our bold prayers. We don't walk around with our heads down thinking, well, how is this gonna come true? How is this gonna happen? Well, he didn't do it last time. This miracle didn't come through. No, we get on our knees with our hands up and surrender, trusting in the Father and what he's going to do because the victory has already been won. The battle has already been won and he always answers us. Whenever we ask, he always answers us. The problem is, is sometimes we don't like the answer. We either get a yes, we get a no, or a not right now. We either get a yes, we get a no, and we get a not right now. And when we don't get the answer that we don't like, and it frustrates us, what do we do? We let it build our faith. And we don't now just live our lives with weak prayers, oh, whatever he's going to do, whatever we're going to do, and we put our heads down. No, 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 no. He wants us to be a part of it. He wants us to be a part of what he's going to do. We remember the past miracles, and we lean in, and we beg, and we believe with confidence on our knees that we pray boldly. Why? Because the victory has been won. Maybe you have some weak prayers going on in your life right now and you've got your head down not thinking he's going to come through if you've stopped believing if you've stopped begging believer Jesus follower get on your knees boldly and beg God he will hear you and he will respond in his will according to his will continues it says this and this is his commandment 
that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Another thing that we see that he points out, because victory has been won, what does it show us? It shows us that because victory has been won, that we love the unloving. We love the unloving, even when it's difficult. That we love the unloving. It's an evidence of our salvation that we love the unloving. Loving those who are difficult. Loving those who annoy us. Loving those who talk trash about us. Loving our neighbor who always wants to one-up us. Uh, Loving the people that always keep running their mouth and they just won't shut up in person or they won't shut up online. Or loving the people that don't think the way that you think. Um, And instead of stooping to their level... We decide to love as God has loved us. And this can be very, very difficult to do. And I don't know who those unloving people are in your life. Maybe for you today, that's your spouse. Maybe that's your teenager. Maybe that's one of your parents or your grandparents. Maybe that is this specific coworker. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you feel so, so, just so much lack of self-worth for yourself that you don't think you can even love yourself and the things that you think about, your mo- about, about yourself are not healthy. But we love the unloving because the victory has been won. We, we, we blow through all of the turmoil and the relational tensions and drama because we see the end, we see the bigger picture and it's also an evidence of our salvation that we love the unloving. Earlier in the passage in chapter three, there's a whole section on loving your brother, loving your sister, loving one another. Here's what it says here. It says, do not be surprised. Don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the, we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. It says, don't be surprised. This is this, this truth that, that we shouldn't be surprised when the world doesn't like us or they become our enemies, or they think we're the enemy because of our beliefs, because of our faith. Don't be surprised. Don't have your head down. Stand strong. The victory has been won. And if anything, instead of hating those people, we love those people because we want them to know what we have. It continues, what else does it say? It says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. That's pretty bold, but that's what Jesus says. By this we know love. Here's the example that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Even when it's difficult, even when it doesn't make sense, we stand strong and we love the unloving because the victory has already been won. And it's a love that comes from God and can only come from God. It's an action of self-sacrifice and those actions are evidences of our true faith in him because of our belief in the resurrection history that has guaranteed and secured our victory. Let's go to this last section here in chapter four. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but it says, I want you to test it. I want you to test it. That word in the original Greek language is dokimatsu. 
dokimatsu, which is the idea of testing uh, money and, and the weight of the money uh, to make sure that it wasn't counterfeit, to make sure that it is real. It's so important to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. We talked about that last week if you want to catch up. Little children, you're from God and have overcome them. And here's another important truth that John points out to us, that we overcome the enemy because the victory has been won. You can overcome the enemy's schemes and traps because the victory has been won. It's unbelievable. We have the power inside of us and his lies are no match. His schemes are no match. And he has given us the ability, God has given us the ability because the victory has been won because of the resurrection. We have been given the ability to discern what is true, what is false, what is fake, what is phony. By what is taught in religions, by what is taught by messengers, making sure you test it. Making sure that, you know, if you listen to Miles City on a regular basis, making sure that what we're saying is tested. Not just by what we say, but making sure that it's backed by God's truth is so, so important. But he gives us the ability to test to discern. We have the power to overcome the enemy and his temptations and his schemes that come after us. It's so, so important. We have to understand this truth too, that spiritual activity that we see happening all around us is not necessarily godly activity. And so we must have a discerning spirit. Now, as I read this this week, it made me think of something that happened to me a couple weeks ago. And this isn't exactly, uh, what I'm going to share with you isn't exactly necessarily what this text is referring to, but the source of what this is referring to um, is valid. So I was a little hesitant to even share this story because honestly, if I was watching on the other side <laughs> and I was going to share this, I'd be like, okay, you're crazy, you're going nuts. Um, when it comes to my theology of the way that I interpret scriptures, I'm very conservative in that. Um, I, you know, I have Baptist roots. I went to a Baptist seminary. And so for all of you that are a little more conservative in your theology, you might get a little freaked out right now. So just hang with me. Uh, and for those of you that are a little more charismatic in your theology, you'll be like really excited. But, um, but don't worry. And I'm also not sharing this to say, oh, look what God did through me, or I'm not trying to boast but I think this is reminding us of a very important truth that we'll see or that we're seeing here in the text. So a couple weeks ago, I was at our student camp. And after our last session, God showed off in huge ways. I taught on the feeding of the 5,000, how God used the little boy to turn something little to provide something a lot, and how God wants to use the next generation to not look down on their youthfulness. And after the session, God was moving in a lot of students' lives and then an hour after the last session, um, a girl leader came up to me and said, Travis, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I was like, well, okay, what's, what's up? There's, like, there's this girl um, we thought was having an anxiety attack. This little girl, she's 11 years old. She's a young thing. And 
um, we can't get her to calm down. And I, I, think it's, I think it's more than something physical. I think it's spiritual. So we go off. They're off more in the woods. There's no one around. It's getting dark. So they put their flashlights on. And so here she is. And so I start asking her questions. And I said, sweetheart, what's going on? She starts to explain to me that her mom died. Then her dad died. Then she moved in with her grandma. Then her grandma died. And now she's living with her aunt and uncle. And so in such a short amount of time, this little girl has seen a lot of death. And I said, well, why can't you calm down? What is the problem? What is going on? And she says this, I see all of these students falling in love with Jesus and I see their excitement about Jesus. And I see the emotion and I feel the emotion and I really want it, but he won't let me. I was like, who won't let you? He won't let me. And in that moment, I think God prepared me to believe. One, because there was no one else around besides the two other leaders and this little girl. I think it was because of her age. Because I would tend to be in these moments maybe a little more skeptical. Uh, but in that moment, and even me teaching on how God can use something little and turn it into something a lot. In that moment, I believed, uh-oh. This girl is wrestling with a demonic spirit in her heart. And so I told the two leaders to put their hands on her. And I said, sweetheart, in the name of Jesus, tell me who won't let you. And she still wouldn't say it. And so I had to get more bold and more bold and asking. And I finally again said, in the name of Jesus, sweetheart, tell me who won't let you. And then she starts, it's the tough let me. His spirit has been inside of me and I try to scream him out. I try to scream him out, but I just can't seem to get him out. I just can't seem to get him out. And so I hung on to her. I had the leaders hang on to her. And then for a few minutes, we just began to pray. And we just said, in the name of Jesus, devil, you have no power over this little one. Get out of her right now. You have no power. Get the heck out of her. You have no power here. And in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would get out of her right now. And we kept praying that over and over and over again while she's wrestling, while she's shaking, while she won't calm down. And then the Spirit of God put on my heart to just ask her boldly to just say, sweetheart, if you believe, I don't know if you believe, I think you believe, but if you want to put your faith in Jesus, I need you to just say right now, I need you to shout out, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. While she's wrestling, while she's struggling, and I'm not over-exaggerating this, I'm not doing a preacher's embellishment here. She's trying to, but she can't. She's trying to say it, but she, it won't come out. And then finally, in the last moments, she literally puts her head back and all of a sudden you hear this little, I mean, again, this little girl just, this deep groan comes out of her mouth. And then all of a sudden it breaks and tears start streaming down her face. And she says, I believe in Jesus. And then literally just falls into her leader's arms. It, it was something so, I mean, it's not like I'm seeing that every day, okay? Like literally casting a demon out of someone, okay? But God reminded me of how because the victory has been won, 
that we have the power to overcome the enemy. The girl walks back with the leaders to the room, to the cabin. She collapses on the floor from exhaustion. They get her back up, get her a change of clothes. And she comes out and she shares with them how she's constantly for years been trying to scream this out of her. But it, it wouldn't come out. But out of habit, she was trying to scream it out. And she said, it's no longer there. It's no longer there. John ends the, the letter, the, the section here in 1 John 4, 4, this section in the letter, he says, for he who is in what in you is greater than he that is in the world. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. May we remember the power that we have when we put our faith in Jesus because he that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Because the victory has been won, what do we get? We have his spirit. Because of the victory, because of the resurrection history, victory is won and now we have his spirit living inside of us. The moment that she believed, and Jesus, we watched, I literally watched her calm. We watched that evil spirit come out of that little girl who he was attacking. Three believers putting our hands on this girl, believing that in the name of Jesus, that that evil spirit would have been casted out of her. And again, we don't say that story to brag or look what God did through us, but as a reminder, that we have real power inside of us. And whatever God wants to do through us, he will do through us. It's all glory to him. He that is, is in you is greater than he that is in the world. We have his spirit. And because we have his spirit, victory has been won. And because we have his spirit and because of the victory that has been won, we get his spirit. And then what do we do? We embrace his grace, right? That when we fall into sin and when we've got our heads down in shame, no, no, no. We get up, we put our heads up and we embrace his grace because victory has been won. When, when, when we're, we're feeling overwhelmed by the world or by our trials and feeling like, how is God going to come through? And we're thinking, well, I don't, he didn't come through last time. I know he came through a few years ago, but he didn't come through this last time. No, we're not going to be weak. We're going to get on our knees boldly with our hands lifted to him to say, no, we will pray boldly because the victory has been won. We're going to love the unloving. Who's the unloving in your life that, that you need to love even in the midst of how difficult that is? We're not gonna be surprised by those that hate, hate us or think that we're crazy because of our belief system. No, 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 no. We're gonna love them anyways because the victory has been won. We see through the chaos. We see through the drama because we know what happens in the end. And we overcome the enemy's schemes and we discern his schemes and his tricks and all that he tries to do to get us down and to tempt us, to distract us, to deflate us, to get us off course because we overcome the enemy, because the victory has been won, because we have the power of Jesus living inside of us. The victory has won. 
Are you hanging your head down low for some reason today? Are you overwhelmed by what's going on today? If you are a believer today, get your head up. Lift your eyes up and rest in the assurance of your salvation that victory has been won and you have nothing to fear, nothing to fear. I saw today in the scriptures, do not be afraid, do not fear is listed in the scriptures 365 times. I don't think that's by accident to remind us every day. In Christ, the victory has been won. We have nothing to fear. Greater, let's go back to that verse, 1 John 4, 4. Just put it up. I want this. Just go back one right here. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. For he who is in you. And the question is, is he in you? Is he in you? The moment that you let go and put your faith in Jesus and you receive him into your life, we are promised, it's a guaranteed back promise that his power of his spirit will live inside of you. Have you let go and grabbed onto that promise so that you can have victory guaranteed for your life? Well, if you haven't, I have no idea what you're waiting for. He's made it so clear. He's made it so evident. And so I wanna give you that opportunity to receive that power so that you can face anything that comes your way and anything that comes this way in this world. So wherever you're watching, I just want you to open up your hands like this and just say, Father, I recognize today that I don't have you in my life. I don't have that power in my life, but I want it. And so right now, I humble myself and I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I confess my sin to you and I pause and thank you for being the one that died for me, that created the, com the greatest comeback story ever by rising again for me. I believe in the resurrection story. I believe in the resurrection history. And right now, today, I secure my victory in you. As we keep praying, if you truly meant that, the scriptures are so clear that you will no longer perish, but you'll have everlasting life and that you can hold on to the victory that has already been won. Father, thank you so much for the victory of the cross, for the victory of the empty tomb that secures our victory forever. God, we can't wait for you to come home. We can't wait to see you. In the meantime, give us the strength to keep our heads up. Give us the strength to embrace your grace, to pray with boldness, to love the unloving even when it's difficult and to overcome the enemy when he attacks. Thank you for the gift of your spirit. We love you and we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Well, listen, if you made a faith move today uh, to receive Jesus in your life, the man, we don't want you to walk alone. 
and I'm sure you have questions. So you can just text the number on the screen, Mile City to 94,000, and one of our team members will get up with you and we'll just uh, have a conversation with you about what's next for you in your faith journey.